Let me ask you something. Are you hitting success yet you know that there's another level? Or perhaps you're just getting started. You're trying to put all these pieces together, get your first deal, but something's holding you back. Or maybe you're going through a big change in your career and your life, but for some reason you just can't take the steps you need to know in order to move forward. Well, I've been having a lot of really incredible conversations with people who are in the exact same position as you are, and they've been able to make massive change happen very quickly. Whether that's doubling your income within just a few months, whether that's making some kind of big shift in your life and really unlocking that vision, or perhaps it's just getting clear on what that vision needs to be so that you can really take those steps. Of course, you guys know me, host of the Investor Mindset here, Steven Pesavento, and high performance coach. I've been working with clients for years, seeing and helping them see major results. And I'd love to set up a call to discover if it's possible to be able to help you with some of those same things. If you are in a position where you want more and you're committed to taking some steps to get there, then I encourage you to head over to investormindset.com discover and let me know a little bit more information about you. Set up a call and we'll jump on and, and we'll walk through a discovery process. Totally complimentary. You'll walk away with a lot of clarity. And if there's some way that I can help serve you, I'll let you know that too. So you can just head over to investormindset.com discover. And I look forward to serving you. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast. And I'm Steven Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento, and each week we share mindset tips and real estate investing strategies to help you take your business and your investment portfolio to the next level. Today is no different. We've got a great guest in the studio with us today. How are you doing today, Philip? I'm awesome, man. I'm really excited to be here. Hold on, before we even get started, Stephen, I, I in you know in in learning about you and listening to your pod and everything over there, we have a connection, and I got to tell you about it. Um, Emerald Lagasse mm. is is building a house about. 10 houses away from me right now down in Florida. And he has a restaurant in our little community. And I love that you, in your past, you've, you thought about being a chef and that uh, he was one of your inspirations. And I'm like, well, you know, he's my neighbor. So there you go. What a, what a dream. Uh, I, as a kid, I <laughs> wanted nothing more than to go watch that show in person and meet him. So I'll have to, he, I'll have to here's the thing. If you happen. ever come to where I am in Florida, you go to his restaurant. He is actually cooking there about five nights a week. That's awesome. I love it's, the passion. Yeah. I bring friends and they're like, what the hell? He's here. I go, I know he's here. He cooks here all the time. So anyway, yeah. So next time you come down in my, my neighborhood, we'll, uh, we'll take you over there. That's so cool. Well, for you guys who don't know Philip, <laughs> Philip Stutz is a uh, master marketer in the political and corporate realm, has uh, worked in thousands of elections, worked with 
uh, a huge number of different corporations and their claim to fame is that they do things differently on the marketing side. They really dive deep into data. They really get in the mindset of understanding how these consumers think and craft marketing strategies to help them reach on other levels. So today, in today's episode, we're going to be diving into all things marketing. How can we get in the mindset of our clients and how can we use that information to then further ourselves and our business or in our investment portfolio. So we'll be getting into that and a lot more. So you're not going to want to miss a minute of today's episode. So without further ado, before we dive into marketing, I want to know about you, Philip. Uh, why don't we start out by taking a look back at earlier in your life, what events or influences from your childhood, from when you were a little kid, shaped who you are today? Oh, man, it's easy. Um, I was one of the first kids to ever be diagnosed with ADD. Mm. And, and I was diagnosed in the 80s. I'm, I'm 47 now. And like, and it was, there was no H in the ADD. It was, it was just ADD. It wasn't ADHD. They hadn't even been, they hadn't even been discovered yet. Right. <laughs> and I was a kid that was terrible in school. I was told that I was dumb. I was put in classes that were slightly above special education. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I ultimately struggled, went through a ton of failure in my life. Um, felt rejected on basically every level and barely graduated college. And, you know, then when I started my entrepreneurial journey, Steve, I was like, hold on, this thing's a superpower. It's not a detriment. And it's really helped me be a successful entrepreneur because I failure does nothing for me. It doesn't bother me at all. And I'm not afraid. I have no fear in that regard because I've gone, I've, that muscle has been exercised throughout my life. And ultimately I had to do something in my life that I was super passionate about. That's why I got into politics. Um, I don't run for office. I'm not one of those idiots. I'm the guy that helps you run for office. And uh, I've done that for 26 years and um, been a part of uh, three winning presidential campaigns. And uh, as of this date, 1,433 election victories. Man, that is, uh, that's pretty impressive. We've, we've got that in common on the ADD side. Many people don't know, mm -hmm. but was diagnosed when I was a little kid and uh, definitely uh, was uh, a little bit of a troublemaker in school. But I sure. actually think that ADD is a secret weapon. You know, it is a superpower. Yeah. It's a, you, it requires you to care a lot about what you're focused on to be able to really cue in and have that obsession that ends up coming out of it. So that's really, really powerful. And it sounds like you've been able to take that to another level. So when it comes to marketing, what does it take to win in today's environment? You're now working with corporate clients. Things are yeah. very competitive and uh, it's kind of a winner take all game. So what does yeah, it take I mean, to where win? I, I feel like 99% of business owners out there, whether they're in the B2B, B2C space, so for your listeners, B2B, um, the marketing game is a 100% rigged against you. It's rigged so that everybody else can make money and not the business owner. Now, the business owner may occasionally make some money, but it's kind of reminds me of, the, of a casino. If you go to the casino and you think, hey, I'm walking out and I'm going to be walking out and jumping in a limo because I'm going to make so much money tonight, you're a fool, right? You may win some hands at blackjack that night, but ultimately the house always wins. And in this case, in marketing, the house is the big media platform, social media platforms, uh, the big media companies, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Instagram, well, that Facebook is Instagram, but you know, you know what I'm saying? And so the business owner plays a lot of whack-a-mole. They go through a lot of marketing agencies. They can't figure out what works, what doesn't work. They throw things against the wall. It's the most frustrating thing in the history of the world to them. And ultimately they just say, hey, marketing, I don't want to do it anymore. And my thing is, I just said, there's an outlier approach 
for any business that they can market their business and have success. And because I come from the world, well, the really the cutthroat world of politics, um, I identified a, a secret. So I wrote a book, came out this year called The Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that Elects Presidents. And I figured that that formula was something that could work for businesses. We've now done this for six straight years. Every business we've worked with has grown their bottom line that has followed our systematic approach. And the way that we ultimately, fundamentally, the way we do it is everything is backed in data. We're a data-backed marketing uh, agency and we, we take everything we do and we optimize the data. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that, Stephen. Um, and again, I understand that I'll give you some B2B examples in a second, but this is a B2C. So we work with a, a shark tank I think company. B2C that, is as applicable to most of our audience as B2B. Sure. Good. And so we work with a shark tank company. They sell a product. Okay. They were on shark tank, right? That, and they sell this product and we came in and what you need to know about me is I have a partnership with the largest data collection analytics and AI company in America. In my database, I have 240 million American consumers, 550 million plus connected devices. 10, we're tracking 10 billion with a B, 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day and a trillion searches. And so we, they said, hey, can you look at our customers and tell us what, what they're doing, where they're going, what, where, what platforms? And we, so in our, in our data that we look like look at i can tell your customers or clients i can tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about them i can tell you what their top values are in life i can tell you what they read specifically what they watch what shows they watch specifically and more importantly i can tell you the social media platforms they're on in a chronological order whether they're buying the, from those platforms or whether they're just perusing those platforms mm -hmm. and so when we looked at this company's customer list we overlaid it online we tracked their movements so we're tracking what they do not what they say and then we're matching it up against uh, our database and we're producing these incredible psychological uh, backgrounds but it's all reflected in the data it's what people are doing and for this particular company, we found that Facebook, where their 95% of their budget was going, was the fifth leading, was the fifth plat social media platform mm. in a rank order of where their customers were going. It wasn't even number one. And they said, but Philip, we hired a Facebook marketing agency. And I mm -hmm. said, well, do you think the Facebook marketing agency is going to tell you to stop spending money on Facebook? Mm -hmm. No, their job is to get you to spend money on Facebook. Mm -hmm. No matter that your customers, you know, you probably need to spend a little money on Facebook, but doesn't need to be at the level you are because this is the fifth performing platform is looking at your customer base, right? And they mm -hmm. went, oh my God. And like, this is the story that I hear over and over and over and over again, right? And another one is the, uh, we had a business there, a national background check company. They, they, they mm -hmm. work with fast food industry to hire, you know, they, they do labor background checks, all that kind of stuff. And they hired us and they said, we're spending 10, $15,000 a month on Google keywords and SEO. Well, we went in and audited what they were doing. And we realized that two years before Google had changed the rules and their marketing, their previous marketing firm and this, the marketing team at this particular huge multi-million dollar company had not realized that everything had changed. Mm. And so they had been paying ten dollars to $15,000 a month to be bidding against their own keywords. They were bidding themselves up mm. against their own keywords mm. because they didn't understand the rules had changed. And so ultimately, I found a niche in the marketplace. I'm screen agnostic. I'm the, my, I'm the advocate for the data. Uh, I'm the advocate for the customer. Well, I feel like... 
in the politics, I'm the advocate for the voter. And so that's where, you know, that's really where I'm rooted in. And so I have no dog in the hunt of making people buy Facebook ads. I have a dog in the hunt making them buy the ads of where their customers are located or their clients are located. Well, well, it's once you get to that level of detail that you start really understanding on a behavior-based level, what people want, why they want it, and how you can help serve them. And so many people talk about it. It's, it's super prevalent within the digital marketing space. People talk data, data, data. But at the end of the day, you're working with somebody, you're paying them 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 grand a month, and they're not really using the data that they're talking about. So I think it's a huge thing to underline that why it's important, and then how you guys are actually doing it. And so where do people drop the ball when it comes to getting started, you know, actually using data to make these decisions? They drop the ball when they go out and they build their brand before they know what their customer wants. Steven, Mm. you've been really successful. You've done really well. What if I were to tell you that your founder story, which is really neat and interesting, what if I could tell you that your investors or your clients or whatever, that they only cared about 25% of your story specifically, mm-hmm. would you continue to talk about the other 75 or would you take that 25 and optimize it and make it even bigger and better and bolder? And that's the whole point. Every company comes to us and I said, you built this $30,000 website or this $50,000 website. Why did you build it? Well, a marketing agency told me that our brand was X, Y, and Z. And I said, where did they come up with that? Well, they sat around a table and they brainstormed. And I said, but you're going to send people to a website that your customer or your client may not care to read about you. Wouldn't, shouldn't you optimize your brand before you spend money on that brand, before you spend money on ads to send people that brand? Shouldn't you make sure that you know exactly what your clients and customers want so that the brand speaks to them when you do spend the money? So what I do is I just, everything in my undefeated marketing system, the systematic approach we use is a risk elimination. Every step, we eliminate the risk and in every step we work with the business so that they don't spend money erroneously. And when they're ready to market their businesses, we already know ahead of time, it's a guaranteed win. We know it because we've optimized, we found out what the customer wants, we built plans around it, we built a, a brand around that, and then we've tested the messages. Here's a cool story for you. In 2016, all right, I, I, I'm going to bring up the Donald Trump campaign, not because uh, I care one way or another on Trump or Hillary or Biden. I don't give a damn. Just hear me out on the marketing side of the campaign. The, the Trump campaign knew that certain messages would work. So then they decided to go test those messages. They would run one Facebook ad 162 ways, 162 versions of one ad. They'd have the message of whatever it was in the right corner, in the left corner. They have a green background, a red background. They have a man in the ad, a woman in the ad. They have a man in the right corner, the woman in the left corner. They'd have different font sizes. They ran 162 different versions of one ad of the data they already knew would work. And then they just optimized the hell out of it. And ultimately they found eight or 10 of those ads out of the 162 that blew through the roof. They didn't know why. They didn't know why, but it did. And now they know with certainty that they could put money behind those eight to 10 ads and it would work. And that's the same approach that we take on the corporate marketing side. So another story I'll tell you real quick on the- Let me cut in real quick on that. So I'm curious, like 
it makes so much sense. The biggest billion dollar companies in the world have access to this data. Personally, I've gone out and tried to buy Correct. access and I've had some success buying access to this data. It's quite creepy when you realize what's available, yes. but it's beautiful from a marketing perspective. Correct. But unless you have a, a huge, huge, huge budget, it can be very difficult to get access to the data that you, you guys clearly have access to. So the question is for all the small business owners or all the small team leaders that are listening who are thinking about, hey, how can they apply this to generate more revenue to give themselves the ability to invest in the kind of opportunities that are out there in the real estate space? How can a small business actually apply these types of yeah. activities to, to go and test 167 different kinds of creative uh, while also you know doing that kind of a study? So where do they start? How do they do it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. So first of all, I lay out the whole how to do it in, in my book. And you don't have to hire people like me. Like you can literally follow the systematic approach, right? And we walk into that. But here's why for the small business, this is, a, this is gonna be an, it was a really good question because we were doing this data for Fortune 200 companies and we were charging hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, companies like Hershey's and TurboTax and Amazon and Disney Parks and Recs and, and DaVita uh, Dialysis Systems, people like these, okay? And mm -hmm. we were doing it all. And then I went to our data partner and I said, small businesses need access to the same exact data that we're doing for these companies. And how can we give it to them? And they said, oh, sure. Then you pay us a licensing fee of half a million dollars every two years. And then you can charge whatever you want. And so I did. And that's what I banked my entire company on a few years ago. And so now we charge between, you know, 7,500 and about $12,000 for one data report, but we can look at multiple different segments or targets in the market from investors, let's you know, to, to customers, to clients, and we can build modeled audiences around those if you don't have enough data to track we can put a pixel on your website and then anybody that comes to your website, but let, let's just take your website, Stephen. If, if you, people go to your website, they're, they're not finding your website because they're just perusing the internet. You popped up. They're interested in what you have, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you want to know what the, what the people that come to your website, every activity they do outside of your website, wouldn't you want to know why they make purchasing decisions or how, or where they go or where they spend their time? Because that's mm -hmm. what we can do. We can put a pixel on a website and then grab their IP address and track them. And mm -hmm. then uh, we can, and then obviously we can overlay a customer base or a client base. As long as we have about eight to 10,000 records minimum, we can overlay that online and then we can track them and spit out a 50 to 75 page report that literally would blow your, your mind away if you knew what we knew, right? Like you said earlier. So it's not as expensive as you think if you don't have that kind of money, right? Um, there, you're just going to have to bootstrap, but you're not going to be able to test 162 different ways. What you can learn is from the presidential campaigns or the Fortune 200 campaigns to do it at a smaller level. How can you uh, get data, right? What I'm doing in the data that we look at, Stephen, is we're, we call it proactive data. It's finding out the data before you go spend money. But there's plenty of ways that you can go out and test ads on social media platforms and get the data back and figure out what ads they clicked on, what messages they clicked on, what worked, what didn't work. You can spend a little bit of money. You can spend under $1,000 and find out some data on that front. You can also do survey monkeys to your clients and your customers, and you can ask them what they prefer, what they don't prefer, and then giving them an incentive to fill out the survey. There are many ways that 
you can collect data for free. And I walk through that all through the book. If you don't want to invest in that kind of stuff, you, there are plenty of opportunities to do it at low cost. Yeah. And so you guys should definitely go grab a, a copy of the undefeated marketing um, system book. And we'll, we'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. But the, the big takeaway here and a reminder to you guys as listeners is that sometimes you hear about these strategies and people don't know where to start or you think, hey, it's not applicable to me. My team and my company can't afford that. Or maybe you're running a small business. There's always a way. There's a way to take the ideas, the yeah. concepts, and then apply them because this stuff works. And if it's working for big billion dollar companies and, and uh, you know, hundred million dollar uh, campaigns, uh, it can work for you as well. You just might need to modify or, or change the approach. Yeah, we've done this, you know, for investors, for venture capital um, companies. One of the stories that I wanted to share with you, just because I think it's relevant to your audience, is we work with a, a major title company in the state of Florida. They're one of the big ones. And they came to us and they said, how in the hell do we market our business? Because it's not when people go to buy a house, right? They don't say, you know what, what title company are we going to use that closing? Like that never happens, mm -hmm. right? So it's not, their customer are real estate agents, right? That's who they rely on. And then they're under a lot of different regulations yeah. that, you know, that, that, that it's not easy. So when we overlaid the data of all the real estate agents in their various regions of Florida that they have their title company offices, we found out something kind of crazy, 72% of real estate agents own dogs. Mm. So this company came to us and said, hey, help us market our company. And I came back to them and I said, what if I told you that I knew something that 72% of your marketplace has, and now you can market that way. You can use your sales teams to make better connections. And, and you know, it sounds frivolous, but it's not. So we started marketing the company. We started putting the dogs on the website. We started like, if anybody had a dog, they had a, in the, in the company, they now have a dog bio page and, or they talk about their dog when the dogs want to run around the office freely at closing. Um, they also, uh, their sales teams go out and it's one of the conversation pieces they have. In, and that doesn't cost any money, but their sales teams are out there. And the first thing they do when they talk, walk, walk into the real estate agent's office is, Hey, uh, do you have a dog? And all of a sudden it sparks up a conversation that doesn't cost anything. And by the way, if they reach out and hit 28% of the market that doesn't own dogs, do you think they're offended by that? No. <laughs> so yeah. it has no uh, negative consequence whatsoever. That company is now the number one title company in the region of Florida they're in, not because I marketed them to dogs, but because they took a data back approach to understand what their target market wanted, what they needed and what they already had. And then they, tailored their marketing approach, their sales approach, everything around making sure the real estate agent felt like they wouldn't do business with any other title company than this particular one. Yeah, it's such a beautiful example of how you can take that data and then use it in ways outside of just spending money on marketing, even knowing, hey, I'm going to bring this conversation up or this piece or this is what's most important. And having experience uh, knowing owners of title companies it is a business based purely on the referral of the real estate agent. Right. So being able to have that information is really powerful. So we were talking offline and you said you've got a great story that's relevant to uh, either uh, marketing to and attracting investors or working with investors. We'd love to hear uh, what that is. 
Uh, well, no, that was it. That well, my my that was the story on how we looked at particular data to work in the real estate industry, right? Uh, we have worked uh, with a lot of investors, and basically, there, you know, we worked with one investment house out of Alexandria, Virginia, and they came to us and they said, "We have got to figure out what how we can get more investors into." It. And this was actually a real estate investment house. And so we went on and, and surveyed the data and looked at the exact, like they gave us like 30 different attributes of a particular investor in their market, making a certain amount of money, owning a certain amount of property, all that stuff. And by the way, we have all that in the data. So we went and analyzed that. And one of the ways that we, <laughs> this is so crazy. I haven't told this story in like three years. So good for you for asking me. But one of the things we found was that they were very involved in, a, in college alumni associations that this particular investor was. And they went, whoa, we never thought about that. Well, they have been marketing to uh, college alumni groups now for three years and they have like 10X their investment portfolio because of that. Their number one place that they found investors. And it's because the people that were searching and looking for real estate investments at this particular time in this part of Washington, DC, that's, one of the areas that they were and in also invested some of their time in. And so they got ingratiated in these, they marketed to them and they started building out their portfolio. And frankly, it is kind of an outlier approach to where you would find investors is, Hey, we're going to look at alumni networks, but they did. And it worked and they found it in the data. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting what can be out there and how you can shift your message and shift the way you're showing up and, talk differently depending on who you're talking to to best attract people into your world. I think that is so huge. I'm curious, after working on thousands of elections and now moving into the corporate space, what's the what have you found to be the biggest difference between yeah. you know working with uh you know going after voters and attracting voters to your space um and what's similar between the two between the corporate world? Well, the, the formula translates. So the sim, I'll start with a similar because that isn't as sexy as uh, what's, what's wrong with everything, right? So mm -hmm. the similar is the formulaic approach we take. Uh, we actually implemented this formula with, like I said, with every client we work with. You, the only way you can work with us is to follow the formula because we know it works and we say, hey, if they don't want to follow it, then they're not a good fit for us, right? We want to be successful for our clients, not unsuccessful. So that is the big thing that translates. What doesn't translate? Uh, urgency. So in politics, I am in a win or die mentality. Uh, I have a deadline. It's called election day. And it's the ultimate startup company, if you think about it. A politician typically starts with zero dollars in the bank. You know, you always hear about these politicians that have, you know, they're self-funders or they've got, you know, they've made millions and they want to, that's rare. It just is rare. You may hear about it a lot, but it's really, really, really rare, like less than 1%. Most politicians start at zero. They raise money. They raise it like crazy. They raise millions. And then all of a sudden, unlike <laughs> a lot of the startups, they have to spend it all in about nine months. They so raise it mm -hmm. and you spend every single penny in nine months because we have mm -hmm. a deadline. And that creates massive innovation. Mm -hmm. It creates urgency. So you better produce or you're out. And the ultimate thing is win or, you know, win or lose. And if I lose more than I win, I'm out of business. It's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. And when I got into the corporate world, I went, roar, we're going to take over this, ah, you know, and every business owner I walked into goes, ooh, slow down. 
We mm-hmm. don't work like that. We have mm-hmm. quarterly goals and we need to talk about things. And then we need to go back and talk about more things. And then there's not a lot of action takers. The ones that mm-hmm. take action are the ones that grow. The ones mm-hmm. that talk a lot are the ones that are stuck where they are and they never grow or they grow very incrementally. And it's just a, a choice. You, as a business owner, you have to make that, right? Um, my, my business is, I, you know, we've done... And we've taken no outside investment. We have no debt. And in my two marketing agencies, political and corporate, we've done $60 million worth of business in the last six years. And we're on pace to hit over a hundred million in the next two. And so why? Because I go a hundred miles an hour. Like I, I, that's Mm -hmm. just the way I'm going to move. I'm going to make decisions and I'm going to go. And you see successful entrepreneurs in this world. The ones that go fast are the ones that typically uh, win in this game. And I think I was caught off guard a little bit in that regard, Stephen, because I thought everybody wanted to go fast. That was an entrepreneur and it's just not it. And that's okay. Everybody has their own speed. I'm just fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate that. A lot of people end up moving too slow for me. I can really respect that. Outside of moving fast, what else have you found has been one of the biggest contributors to your business growing as quickly as it has? I would tell you probably relates a lot to what you guys do on your side uh, into the industry. Um, I call it the, th- so by the way, I've never marketed my company. I've never spent a dollar on marketing. And the reason being is that I focus, it's a focus, I call it the three R's. Uh, first, I have a good reputation. I have a reputation for obviously winning in politics and in working with Fortune 200 companies and startups and, and B2B and B2C companies and growing all of them. And that has built a very good reputation for me. And then obviously I've got relationships, right? And then, you know, I've built relationships. Like I said, I'm 47. I've got a thousand different relationships. Um, and I don't talk about those relationships, but um, there's, you know, I, I've networked very well over the years. And then ultimately, I've combined my reputation in those relationships and I build referrals. And that's the third R. So for me, it's relationships, reputation and referrals. And that's how I've built it. And by the way, I invested $120,000 in my business on day one. And that's mm-hmm. all I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's huge. Well, once you have a reputation for delivering, those people want to refer you because they've seen and had that right. experience and it builds a, a deeper, closer relationship because yeah, other and successful I people I'm ask want you, to see results. Yeah. I'll ask you a question. Is that, does that sound familiar in the real estate investment industry? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, majority yeah. of our business is built on referral and relationships and uh, reputation. If you kill any yeah. of those, uh, you probably kill our business. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, this has been really great. Definitely encourage folks to go out and, and buy your book. Will you tell people where the best place to get in touch with you or get a copy of your newest, uh, newest, newest uh, book? Yeah, it's uh, you can go to philipstutz.com. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes how it's spelled. Um, you can, you know, I have a couple of things. I have a, a marketing a podcast called the Undefeated Marketing Podcast. Uh, my book is The Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that elects presidents. You can buy it anywhere. And uh, then ultimately, if there's somebody out there that says, hold on, I'm dying for some kind of data insights, right? And you can afford $7,500. Then we actually do a free intake call where we, my team will do a call with you, my data team. And they'll say, what do you have? What do you want to look at? And they'll 
for free walk through what we have in our data to see if it's a match. If it's not a match, it doesn't cost you anything, you're done. If it is a match and you want to invest in it, obviously you have that opportunity, but that's up to you. But it's a free, we, you know, we call it a free customer insights data call um, and or client insights right on the B2B side. But that's at philipstutz.com slash insights. And um, yeah, just go there and, and uh, we'll have my data team on that. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining us here on today's episode. It was really great diving in with you. And for all those listening, I encourage you guys to ask yourselves, what did you take away from today's conversation and how can you apply it directly in your life and your business today? We'll see you on the next episode. Oh, thank you for joining for another incredible episode of the Investor Mindset. It's such a joy to be able to share these beliefs, these thoughts, these ways of living with each and every one of you guys, because I just know the power that it can make. And for some of you, for the select few of those people who are truly committed to going after their goals, the people who really believe that there's another level from where they're operating right now, the people who are ready to make change happen rapidly. And even if you're somebody who is stuck, who knows what you need to do, you know exactly the strategy, but for some reason you're not doing it. For those people, there's another option. There's another level that you can reach. And, and what I've noticed after coaching tons and tons of people through this process is that there's a simple formula. And when you can start to understand how to unlock those pieces within yourself, you'll start to feel more vibrant. You'll start to feel more energized. You'll start to make more money and you'll start to enjoy the process through and through. So if you're somebody who's in a position and you're ready to make change happen, you're ready to invest in yourself, you really believe that the best investment, the truest ROI is investing in yourself because it continues to give back over and over again. Then I invite you to schedule a call, share a little bit about yourself and uh, see how we might be able to help serve you with the Investor Mindset Coaching. You can head right over to InvestorMindset.com slash discovery, set up a call, and if there's an opportunity to serve, I'll be right there with you. Thanks, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to TheInvestorMindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 